Welcome to the Beacon Broadcast from Beacon Baptist Church in Burlington, North Carolina, featuring expositional Bible teaching by Pastor Greg Barkman. If you'd like to correspond with the Beacon Broadcast, or if you wish to support this radio ministry, write to The Beacon Broadcast, Post Office Box 159, Alamance, North Carolina, 27201, or find us on the web at beaconbaptist.com beaconbaptist.com The Beacon Broadcast is supported in part by the gifts of faithful listeners. Now with today's message from God's Word, here is Greg Barkman. Four down and five to go. I'm talking about the list of spiritual qualities that the Apostle Paul says are needed in the lives of God's people in order to be able to overcome the obstacles and trials of life which all of us are going to face and also to be able to be fruitful in our service for the Lord Jesus Christ. You recall that Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 6 is busy with lists. He first of all gives a list of nine trials that he himself faced in ministry, and we are expected to face something similar, maybe not identical, but we should not be surprised if any or all of these come our way. Tribulations, needs, distresses, stripes, imprisonments, tumults, labors, sleeplessness, and fastings are the nine which Paul had experienced, or at least the nine that he listed here. I'm sure he could have actually listed more. But he lists those nine as a as a pretty thorough sampling of the kinds of difficulties that he faced just simply for being an apostle of Jesus Christ, a minister of the gospel, a preacher of God's word. And those who serve Christ need to be prepared for something similar. But we are not left on our own. We are not left to our own strength, to our own devices, but we are given qualities that will help us, but they are, in one sense, granted by the Holy Spirit, but on the other sense, we need to desire them, to seek them, to cultivate them, to cooperate with the Holy Spirit working in our lives so that these things might be more fully developed and might accomplish the purpose for which they are given. So we will continue with this list on this Tuesday, February 7. We're grateful that you are able to join us today. And we are thankful for those radio listeners whose financial gifts keep us teaching on the station. What are the nine? Verse 6, purity, knowledge, long-suffering, kindness, the Holy Spirit, sincere love. And then verse 7, the word of truth, the power of God, the armor of righteousness. Those are the nine. Purity, oh my, I spent quite a bit of time on that. I don't want to go back to that again, but we've got to fight for it. Knowledge, comprehensive knowledge of God's Word. Again, it doesn't come automatically. We need to give ourselves to a thorough study of God's Word. Long-suffering, 
This is patience. This is tolerance for people and for their their uh, difficulties. Their their the, the things that are difficult about other people. We we talk about difficult people. We all know difficult people, and sometimes those difficult people are members of the body of Christ. Sometimes those difficult people are in our church or. Sometimes they may not be Christians, but they are members of our family. We really can't avoid them, or they work with us, and we can't avoid them. We've got to learn to be long-suffering, like Christ, toward people who are difficult. And obviously, if they're difficult, then this kind of long-suffering becomes difficult. But if it weren't difficult, we wouldn't need long-suffering, right? If everybody was easy to get along with, we wouldn't need this kind of patient long-suffering. But people are not always easy to get along with. And so we need to learn to respond to them the way that Christ himself did and the way that he teaches us to. And so it's not going to be easy, but we must learn to accept injustices without getting mad. We need to accept trials and and um, tormentings, at least uh, emotional tormentings, without resentment or without a determination to get vengeance. Long-suffering. Number four is kindness. We talked about that one on the broadcast yesterday. A disposition to do good, a sweetness of temper, love in action, that's kindness. So that's the four that we've covered. Now we come to number five, which is a little bit strange as it's found in this particular list, because number five is the Holy Spirit. Going back to the beginning in verse six, by purity, by knowledge, by long-suffering, by kindness, by the Holy Spirit, by sincere love. That preposition by tells us that these are the things that we must incorporate in order to face the trials. You have to put the list together. So I Go back to it again. The list of trials all began with a preposition in. In tribulations, in needs, in distresses. These are the places we are going to find ourselves in. In stripes, in imprisonments, in tumults, in labors, in sleeplessness, in fastings. How can we suffer like that and survive? And that comes to the second list. By purity, by knowledge by long-suffering, by kindness, by the Holy Spirit, by sincere love, by the word of truth, by the power of God, by the armor of righteousness. And so even though the Holy Spirit isn't exactly a, a quality or a spiritual grace in the way that these other things are, purity, knowledge, long-suffering, and kindness, nevertheless, that preposition by, I think, helps us understand what's being indicated by this inclusion, the inclusion of the Holy Spirit in the list. And it's just simply telling us that we will do these things by the power of the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit's help. We need the Holy Spirit's action. We need the Holy Spirit's divine intervention for us to be able to endure these things. And so we are to be looking for evidences of the Holy Spirit 
working in and through us, even as the Holy Spirit was obviously working in and through the Apostle Paul. And in and through all of those who are endeavoring to serve the Lord, we we are not left without resources. And the most important resource is, in fact, the Holy Spirit, who is God, that mysterious trinity, that triunity, that that three-person oneness of the Godhead, which we will never fully understand. But when Jesus left his disciples by ascending to heaven, and he was bodily taken from them, he promised that when that happens, I will give you the Holy Spirit, who will replace me and will exceed doing for you what I have done for you here upon the earth. Because he is a spirit, not in a physical body like Jesus was. Because he does indwell you, he is inside you, not like Jesus who was outside them. Though he is, in one sense, Christ within us, because of that mystery of the Trinity, he is nevertheless in us in a different way than Christ was with his disciples upon the earth. And he provides for us everything we need. Remember that lesson on prayer that Jesus taught when he said, if you, talking about human beings, and particularly fathers and their children, he said, if your son asks for bread, you're not going to give him a stone. If he asks for fish, if he's hungry, you're not going to give him a scorpion. You're not going to give him something harmful. When he's asking for something that he clearly needs and which you have the privilege and responsibility to supply for him, because you are one a father who loves his children, you're going to give him what he needs. And so Jesus went on to say, if your heavenly if if you you being evil, that is being being sinners, saved by grace, to be sure, but we're all fallen sinners. We are imperfect. We are sinful, even in our redeemed state. So if you, as fallen sons of Adam, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give? And what would you expect to come next? How much more would your heavenly Father give And you would expect him to say, good gifts unto you, his children. But he changes the language there just enough to catch our attention and make us think about it. Christ was so good about that. He knew how to make us think. So if you, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Because in giving us the Holy Spirit, he has given us the best gift. You, as an earthly father, will give good gifts to your children, up to your ability to give them, and and in cases where your wisdom guides you to, to give them, you'll give them what is good for them. If your six year old son asks for a gun, you probably will deny that request because 
It's not good for him. It's dangerous. So you're probably not going to give him that, even though that's what he wants. So, so you use wisdom, and it's because you are good that you will not do that. You will not give a bowie knife to a four-year-old. You will not give something dangerous to your children. You'll give good gifts. If you, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more will your Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? Now, when Jesus said that, it was before His crucifixion, before His ascension, before Pentecost. And it's very likely certainly possible, and I would say even more than that, very likely, that he had the day of Pentecost in view when the Holy Spirit was imparted to all believers in a special way. That's sort of like the birthday of the Holy Spirit, just like we celebrate Christmas as the birthday of Christ. There was a day when Christ became incarnate. There was a day when he was born into this world, even if it wasn't December 25th. But there was such a day, a real day, when Christ was born, when Christ came to his to this world and to his people in a special way. Well, likewise, there was a day when the Holy Spirit was given. Not that he was not present before, not that he did not act in, on behalf of God's people before, but not in the same way. He comes with a new fullness, a new endowment of power, And no doubt Jesus was saying, you need to pray for that day to come because you need that, and and it's good for you to recognize your need of it. But there's nothing in that passage that, that limits the prayer and the answer to the prayer to the day of Pentecost. How much more will your Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? Do you sense your need of a greater effusion of the Holy Spirit in your life, more of the Holy Spirit's power to do what you know you need to do and and want to do. Well, he's listed in this list of things, these qualities that we need and may have in order to serve the Lord. Until tomorrow, Greg Barkman saying good day. May God give you his eternal peace.